0: 2025 QX80 coming this summer.
1: Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not with 80 Acres Farms.
0: Welcome to the Hornets Highcast, presented by Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the
2: official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Rob Longo.
3: Hi, friends, and welcome to today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast, the official podcast of your Charlotte Hornets, brought to you by Senta. Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates are the official Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat care provider of your Hornets. Rob Longo with you today following what is yet again a silver linings edition of the HHC. Charlotte falls in the Valley of the Sun last night against Phoenix 128-97. Second night of a back-to-back, a lot of players added to the injury report. Of course, once again, no LaMelo Ball, no Cody Martin, Kelly Oubre, Still out after that hand surgery. And then Gordon Hayward cropped up late on the injury report last night and he did not play. So, Hornets again, shorthanded. So were the Phoenix Suns, but the Suns able to get the job done as Charlotte falls to 13 and 36 on the season. We'll recap this one, provide you with our silver lining performances. We're going to talk about the recent play of Jalen McDaniels in the most recent article that he is featured in on Hornets.com with the author of that article and the lead writer of Hornets.com. It's the one and only Sam Perley And Sam, as promised, I said we would do it again today after yesterday's recap edition and preview edition of the HHC. And after today, I promise we will get you a break sooner or later. I know you're always chomping at the bit to discuss Hornets hoops, but thank you once again for hopping on today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast with me.
4: Not a problem. As always, thank you for having me.
3: So let's go ahead and get into a recap of this one. Not much to recap from last night, honestly, as the Suns just came out guns blazing, specifically Cameron Johnson. He was 4-4 four four from beyond the arc to start the game. Not even six minutes into the contest, he had a 16-point first quarter as he was 6-6 six six from the field, 4-4 four for four beyond the arc. Charlotte trailed this one by 21 after 12 minutes of play, 36-15. to 15. Hornets just shot 26% in the first quarter, 1-4 of four from beyond the arc. The shooting woes kind of carried over from Monday's game in Utah. And the sun shot 60%, six of 10 from beyond the arc as well as the Hornets trailed by as many as 30 in the first half, but they were able to really cut the deficit. Got it down to 11 going into the locker room at halftime, 58-47. to 47. The Hornets closed the second frame on a 27-11 to 11 run in the final 6 minutes and 49 seconds. Hornets did a much better job scoring the basketball there in the second quarter. They shot almost 57% from the field, 3-7 beyond the arc, as Phoenix shot just 33%, 5-10 from 3 though still. And then we go to the third quarter where the Suns really started to pile it on a little bit. They put up 40 points in the third frame as this one slipped away. Charlotte had to call a timeout early on in the third quarter to stop a 16-5 to run and Chris Paul exploded for 10 points in the third quarter as well. Cameron Johnson just continued his scoring streak also. And the Hornets trailed it by 21 going into the fourth quarter. And then from there, things got a lot worse as Charlotte falls 128 to 97. Head coach Steve Clifford called a timeout with about five minutes and forty-nine seconds left to empty out the bench as this one was basically over as Charlotte trailed it one oh nine to eighty-five at this point. It's the first time that the Hornets have been held under the century mark since December 3rd against Milwaukee at home. That was a 105-96 loss. Snaps a 25-game streak that the Hornets reached triple digits and just wasn't meant to be last night. Second night of a back-to-back, a lot of travel involved there. You go from the peaks of Salt Lake City down to the valleys of Phoenix, Arizona. So just not the easiest back-to-back to to begin with. A lot of players on the injury report as well, hampered by some really good three-point shooting from Phoenix. The Suns are one of the top teams shooting from beyond the arc. entire association and it showed last night in the Hornets fall 128 to 97 Sam I think this one just got over pretty early Hornets weren't looking very good there in the first quarter just cannot find the bottom of the hoop the Suns give credit where credit's due they played some pretty good defense they were physical they out rebounded the Hornets and from there I know we can't really win a game in the NBA in the first quarter but the Hornets definitely put themselves behind the eight ball and it showed there going into the locker room and even into the third quarter as well
4: yeah, and I think it uh I think the first quarter obviously kind of set the tone a little bit. Felt like the offense was, you know, playing with a new starting lineup, you know, on the second night of a back to back, like you mentioned. The offense just early on felt a little clogged. I mean, when they got the ball in the paint, felt like Phoenix was defense was collapsing on it and using their length and height to block a lot of shots. Uh they just couldn't really get the spacing going. It led to a lot of live ball rebounds, turnovers going the other way. Um and I do think there was an element to Phoenix was just that was kind of like a I mean, they were, they had some wide open looks, but they were also kind of in a, it was a little bit of a, they just were on fire. I mean, they just hit everything and it just kind of got away from the Hornets a little bit. It got up to 30 and then, uh, they started using a little zone defense and things just flipped, but, uh, that's just, that's hard to do with how good they were shooting. You can kind of shoot your way out of the zone defense once you kind of, you know, collect yourself a little bit and, Uh, I think they actually, they may have gotten even down to eight at the start of the third quarter. And then it's so hard to come back from 30 points down, especially over the course of two and a half quarters to kind of keep that momentum. And Phoenix is a really good team. Even if they're missing those guys, they still have a championship caliber core at its heart. And big performance from Cam Johnson really set the tone. And yeah, this was a tough one to end the road trip on. A lot of similarities to... Two nights ago in Utah, but the three point shooting was just it's just too big a discrepancy. When you when you get out three point shot twenty two to six, I mean that's almost fifty points difference. It's gonna be really hard to win. I think a lot of that circles back to just who the Hornets did not have on the court last night.
3: After the game, head coach Steve Clifford talked about how thin that margin of error is with all the injuries, which continues to be a theme for the Hornets this season.
5: Look, you know, I, I think there's things that we can build on. I thought our effort was good tonight, especially. You know, we got down and um especially when we're not shooting the ball. You know, we need those guys back, I mean, to have a chance to beat a team like this. You know, we have, I think, you know, listen, when we have everybody, we have very little room for error. And then we're playing without those three guys, it's difficult.
3: Because of all the injuries last night, this was the starting five for the Hornets. Terry Rozier, Bryce McGowan's on that two-way deal. The rookie gets his first career start. Jalen McDaniels, P.J. Washington, Mason Plumlee because of no Gordon Hayward, no Cody Martin, no Kelly Oubre, and no LaMelo Ball. So a little bit of a wrinkle there in that lineup, Sam. I definitely did not expect Bryce McGowan's to get the start. Maybe it was something trying to keep the rotation similar with Dennis Smith Jr. with that second unit, having him come off the bench. But again, Bryce mcgowans he's been playing well. He's been playing extremely well in Greensboro. Steve Clifford likes what he's seen from the rookie. So it was kind of maybe a matter of time with the injuries that there was an opportunity for Bryce McGowan's to get the start. He got it last night. He didn't look out of place, which I thought was the biggest thing. He just kind of kept the ship afloat, more or less. He was a positive positive in the plus-minus at halftime. He finishes the game, I think, about minus six, which was the lowest out of any starter out there on the floor for the Hornets, or at least tied with it with Mason Plumlee. So Bryce definitely didn't look out of place. He plays 21 minutes, shooting not the greatest, 2 of 8 from the field. He left a couple of shots at the rim a little short, 4 rebounds, 3 assists as well, but again, just did not look out of place. Kind of that placeholder there that the Hornets really needed. And again, we'll get into our silver linings here in a few moments, but Steve Clifford said that If you're on this team and you earn playing time, you're going to get an opportunity to play. We saw it at the beginning of the season with Nick Richards getting the lion's share of the minutes in the second unit at the backup center position. Then we saw Mark Williams swing in there, and now we're starting to see a little bit more of Nick Richards. But again, everybody on this team, if you work hard, you're going to get an opportunity to play. And last night was that opportunity for Bryce McGowan's.
4: Yeah, and I thought he looked really good. And you know, he's had games, I think if you go back to the game last week on Martin Luther King junior day um, against the Celtics where I don't think he scored, but I remember Steve Clifford was really, really complimentary of how he played after that game. You know, he said, just take away. He didn't, you know, he didn't score. He didn't, you know, didn't light up the box score or anything, but he just played so, so well. And, you know, a lot of it for, you know, kind of, you know, these younger guys that, you know, don't necessarily have had a wealth of experience playing tons of NBA minutes. You want to go out there and just, you, you look and see and want to feel that they feel like they belong. That the game moves slow. That the processing things, you know, you not exactly. It's not realistic to go out there and expect them to score 25 or 30 points. He's just not going to get the shot volume to do that. You want him to go out there, you know, play within the game, be aggressive, but not you know try and do too much. And I thought Bryce did that last night. You know, I I think defensively it was a little bit of a challenge at first with how hot Cam Johnson started, and I think that kind of uh, was maybe could could be something that maybe takes takes you back a little bit for someone in his position but he seemed to settle in nicely you can see that aggression kind of slowly starting to develop a little bit more and more he's driving to the basket um i think he had a couple shots like right off the rim roll off so did a good job of kind of uh finding that line between being patient not trying to do too much but also trying to take advantage of opportunities as, as they come so it'll be interesting to see you know if this you know, Obviously injuries will play a big part in it, but uh, I thought it was good for him to kind of get his feet wet in that starting lineup, and it gives the you know Hornets coaching staff something to look at if they decide to go down this route again.
3: Once again, Hornets fall last night 128-97 to in Phoenix as the Hornets have now dropped two in a row. And again, tough back-to-back going out to Utah, going across the country from Atlanta nonetheless, and then having to play in Phoenix on the second night of a back-to-back. Extremely tall task, and the Hornets still at the end of the day they finish a four-game road trip at 500. It's now the longest such road trip that was left on the Hornets' schedule. So they got that out of the way. And again, even though the Hornets come back home for their next two games, and then they have to, and then they have to hit the road for the next couple, it still is a little bit of a break here. As Charlotte is going to have a very back-loaded home schedule post-All-Star break, and of course, that next game coming up tomorrow against the Chicago Bulls, 7.30 tip. Get your tickets at Hornets.com. Coming up next on today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast, we're going to talk about our silver lining performances right after this on the HHC.
2: Hey, guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. we got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton, is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, right? you know who's really good, Creighton, you know, watch Creighton.
0: 2025 QX80 coming this summer.
5: Our guys played hard. I mean, they were disappointed last night. They were disappointed again tonight. They have a good attitude about it, and it's part of playing in this league, and and the older guys understand that. So this next one will be the toughest one. I mean, we're going to get home early tomorrow morning. You know, usually on these trips, you know, you get two days before they make you play. On this one, again, again. We're playing with one day's uh, rest. So the tough one will be Thursday, then we'll get two days off.
3: That's Steve Clifford after last night's 128-97 to loss for the Hornets in Phoenix. Rob Longo and Sam Purley, the lead writer of Hornets.com, with you on today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast. Sam, time now for our silver lining performances, our silver lining nominees more or less. As a guest of honor, I will always defer to you. Who's your silver lining performance from last night's game?
4: My silver lining is going to go to Jalen McDaniels. Uh, you know, had a little bit of a shaky start as did most of the rest of the team in that first quarter with how hot Phoenix started. But kind of found his footing a little bit in that second quarter and then for the rest of the game. Finished with 15 points last night, 10 rebounds, which was a game high, two assists and two steals. Uh, Second double-double of the season, fifth of his career really active on both ends once they kind of got into the flow of the game, causing deflections, things like that. I mean, you know, the team has generally played well when Jalen plays well, obviously last night kind of being a little bit of an exception. But overall, I thought he had good production. And, yeah, that's my silver lining, Jalen McDaniels. Blumley hit a head
2: pass for Terry Rogier. Rogier, La McDaniels with the jam. Hang out on the rim, why don't you? Jalen McDaniels with a two-handed Dr. Pepper dunk. And we're all tied at five.
3: I think the biggest thing you mentioned there, Sam, was that double-double that he had. Again, something that we don't see a whole lot from Jalen. He does get up there in terms of points and rebounds. He just has a hard time getting to that double-digit mark just because of the way that the shot volume is and the way that the Hornets kind of play on that transition defense. Doesn't really crash the the boards a whole lot when they kind of play that, that fan out on the run, trying to get out in transition. Jalen's usually on the break. So the fact that he finished with 15 points, 10 boards, he was trying to do everything he could. The shooting was pretty good. Seven to 16 from the field. One of five beyond the arc though, but anything inside that three point line was Not quite automatic, but it was a high shot percentage for Jalen McDaniels. I can't fault the pick by any means. I thought he played very well last night. Again, just tough defensive assignments. I know he had five fouls, but just with the way that Cameron Johnson was shooting the basketball yesterday, the way that the Suns were able to move the basketball, guys were just trying to fly all over the place and just recover on their rotations. So can't fault Jalen for the five fouls by any means. Definitely a solid silver lining pick for me. My silver lining from last night, I got to go with the big fellow once again, and that's Mason Plumley.
2: Three twelve left in the third quarter. Hornets give it to Plumley. He goes right down to the blocks, up against Landale, laying yes, and another foul. Jock Landale caught reaching again. This time, Plumley's got a three-point play opportunity.
3: Mason Plumley didn't get the double-double last night, but he finishes with 17 points, second highest mark on the team outside of the 19 that Terry Rozier had. But five of six from the free throw line. He continues to make strides at the charity stripe, 6-10 from the field, maybe a little bit of a lower field goal percentage than we're used to. I think Bally Sports put up a graphic in, during the game last night that Mark Williams and Mason Plumlee over their last five games or so, they're shooting better than 70% from the field. I want to say they're around 72, 73%, but Mason with those six rebounds, four assists, he's continuing to fill the stat sheet. He had a similar stat line the other night in Utah. I know it resulted in a loss, but he's just been so darn consistent. And when you go back to that Utah game, he finished with eighteen points, eight rebounds, five assists, so almost an identical stat line last night. And of course, Charlotte fans are familiar with how physical a guy like Bismack Biombo could be from his time here in the Queen City. And it's not an easy task for Mason Plumlee to go up against a guy like Biz. I know Biz doesn't put up the numbers on the stat sheet for the most part, but he is hell when the ball goes up in the air and you're trying to get a rebound against them. So the fact that Mason Plumley was able to even grab six rebounds, I think is pretty good considering that the Hornets overall as a team just did not rebound the ball very well. In general, the Suns out rebounded them 55 to 39, which is very uncharacteristic of a Steve Clifford team. I'm sure that's going to be a point of emphasis moving forward tomorrow for that game against the Chicago Bulls, especially with a guy like Nikola Vucevic, who has always been kind of a thorn in the side of the Hornets, but we'll save that for our game preview tomorrow. But at the end of the day, I really like what Mason Plumlee's been doing. He's just been so darn consistent that at this point, it's almost like we've expected this from him a little bit. I mean, every day you look, he's either hovering around a double-double, has a double-double. He's scoring north of 15 in the points category. He's pulling down 10, 12 rebounds. He's having a couple assists in there as well. It's just one thing after the other with... Mason Plumlee that he's almost been the most consistent person on his team for over the last month or so and you can make the argument for the entire season Sam
4: yeah I would definitely agree with that I mean you know when you kind of know what you're getting from him every single night you're going to get these 13 14 15 points and you know double digit rebounds or something close to one of those totals handful of assists maybe a steal and a block or two and I think something that's really really helped Mason Plumlee this year and you know there's been obviously a lot of attention to his free throw shooting it was You know, a big struggle last year. He switched hands and, you know, shooting much better. But I think it's gotten really good lately. And I think that confidence in his free throw shooting, I think it was 8 of 11 in Utah. It was 5 of 6 last night. I mean, that just does wonders for your inside game. You know, I don't know personally if you ever felt like this, but it stands to reason. There could be some hesitation to draw contact when you're down low because it means going to the free throw line and having to kind of go through that all again. And maybe you look for ways to kind of, not you know be as physical as you need to be or you know not try and you know take the shots you should be taking in that position but he's got so much confidence right now in that free throw shooting and it just seems to be kind of building on it right now that you know he's really really taking the ball to the basket you know finishing through contact and it's not affecting him at all I mean I think that free throw shooting is really not only is it I think really helped you know obviously the ball is going in more from the free throw itself but I think it's helped his game in the sense that he's not shying away from any contact. He's really confident in his offensive game right now because, hey, if I get fouled and go to the line, I know I can make these right now. So, uh, yeah, it's great to see. Very, very consistent, very, very productive. He's having a career year right now, age 32 years old. It's really cool to see.
3: Again, 5-6 and on the free throw line. That's the most of anybody – on the Hornets team, that was actually a game-high six free-throw attempts from either side. Phoenix, again, they made so many shots. They shot 50% from the field and 55% from beyond the arc. They hit a season-high 22 three-pointers. They didn't have to go to the charity stripe very often because everything they were hitting was turning into gold. And even when they did, they went 12-13 of 13 from the free-throw line. So Mason Plumlee in himself, 5-6 from the free-throw line, just very promising to see. He even said it the other day in his pregame chat with Sam Farber that he wants to get fouled now. He wants to go to the free throw line. He's so confident in his free throw shooting now that he wants to get there and see the ball go through the hoop and just build that confidence and get going early and often. So Mason Plumlee, again, 17 points last night. He is my silver lining pick. Some other notables, I talked about Terry Rozier, 19 points, 4-9 from beyond the arc for T-Row as the team went 6-25 from beyond the arc. So another poor three-point shooting night for the Hornets. But Terry Rozier was able to at least – Get to four of nine from three-point land and carry the load for the most part for that three-point shooting for Charlotte last night. Bryce McGowans. We already talked about him getting that first career start, not looking out of place by any means either. And even the back of the bench when they came in, Kai Jones had a couple of flashy plays and Nick Richards had a couple of big blocks on that back line defense as well for some silver lining performances. Again, Hornets though fall 128 to 97. And are now 13 and 36 on the campaign. They will take on the Chicago Bulls tomorrow. We will have your game preview for you then. But one more segment to go on today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast. We just touched on Jalen McDaniels. We're going to take a deeper look at what he's done so far this season with the author of the latest article on Hornets.com, Sam Perley, and that comes your way right after this on a Hornets Hivecast brought to you by Senta.
5: What's up? I'm John Wall
2: and I'm CJ Toldadonna, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game.
1: and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter.
0: Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer... Save the date at new-QX80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.
3: Rob Longo and Sam Perley putting a button on today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast. We got to talk about Jalen McDaniels, who has been playing some very good basketball, the best of his career as he enters year four here in the association in the Queen City as well. The latest article on Hornets.com by Sam Pearlie is titled Let's Fly. Jalen McDaniels playing with versatility, balance on both ends. Again, putting up career highs, double digits in points, almost five rebounds per game, two assists, a little bit over a steal, and he's averaging almost one and a half made three-pointers per contest as well. He had a career-high 26 points the other night in that lost to the Boston Celtics on MLK Day. So Sam just wanted to touch on the progression of Jalen McDaniels. I know he's another guy that the Hornets had drafted in the second round. He's another guy that spent a lot of time in Greensboro, kind of that feeder system that the Hornets have been able to kind of gather together and develop in a way to create talent when there's just not a whole lot of minutes available up with the Charlotte Hornets that they're able to go down to the Greensboro Swarm and get some work in from there as well. So I just wanted to get your thoughts on what you learned from putting this together with Jalen McDaniels, what you've were able to gather from not only Jalen, but head coach Steve Clifford as well, as Jalen McDaniels continues to have a career year here in year number four in the NBA and with Charlotte.
4: Well, first off, as always, thank you for the plug. I think it was just seeing Jalen and just kind of the the strides he's made four years in the league. I mean, I remember when he was first drafted at the end of the second round and and seeing him at Summer League his first year in 2019. And you could definitely tell it's like one of those guys who's got a lot of ability, he's got a lot of, you know, talent. It's just all over the place right now. I mean, just, you know kind of a little bit of a deer in a headlights at Summer League and, and then it started to kind of once he got into the the you know, organization and spent all that time down in Greensboro, I think he spent something like over twenty or thirty games in Greensboro's first season. He only played in two NBA games, I think, till like mid February and it was just games that, you know, the outcome was already decided and then a couple guys got bought out and opened up some minutes for him and he played really well and you could definitely see you know, he looks so much more comfortable after that time in Greensboro. And I think he's been, a, you know, a real success story in terms of the developmental process. And uh, ever since then, he's basically been in the rotation. You know, he had that kind of big ankle injury last year that caused him to miss six or seven weeks. But uh, really consistent, really productive. I think his offensive game has taken some big strides this year. He's getting more touches. I think his touches have almost doubled from like 24 to 43 this year. Defensively, you know, he's being he's trying to kind of find that line. Or I think uh, he's trying to use one of the things I kind of noted in here. He said, you know he's trying to make sure he still is is you know using some of that flying around. You know energy they had on the defensive end they showed a lot earlier in his career and make sure he's still bringing that while also having a bigger offensive role now, getting more touches, you know shooting those elbow jumpers, taking the ball to the basket. corner threes is still a big part of his game. I think that was kind of where he was you know confined to offensively to start and it's been really cool to kind of see his offensive game really open up and I think it's it's really helped his confidence and you know he knows that to stay on the floor you' got to make impacts on both ends and Early in his career, the way he made an impact was defensive, and now he's doing a little bit of everything. And, you know, you're starting to kind of see the, you know, two-way ability, the versatility, you know, the deflections, everything. I mean, he just brings a lot to the table. I just think it's been a really notable developmental story Uh, not only the organization, but Jalen as well. He's put in all the time and effort and going to Greensboro and things like that too. So we're definitely seeing it right now because it's been a, it's been a long four years or long three and a half years, but cool to see all his hard work paying off and being productive right now for sure.
3: Jalen was picked 52nd overall in the 2019 NBA draft. And again, I think Jalen, unfortunately, was falling under one of those things where he didn't get a full NBA season from the get-go because of the COVID-19 pandemic. Didn't really have a chance to have a second summer league or a second offseason to get better in that regard more or less. And of course, I think one of the things where he was drafted out of college, a lot of people didn't really know about him. They knew he was Jaden McDaniel's brother and he was cousins with Jawan Howard and that was almost about it. Going to San Diego State, you know, not getting that national recognition a whole lot, going to a program like that that's not in the national limelight like a Kentucky or a Blue Blood like UNC or Duke or anything like that. But he's been able to carve his own path. I think the biggest thing that you touched on there as well was the fact that his touches have doubled. He went from averaging almost 25 touches per game last season. He's almost around 43 now, and I wouldn't be surprised if you take a look at the most recent statistics that they're a little bit higher now that he's been getting a lot more minutes in that starting lineup because of some of these injuries. So I think what Jalen's been able to accomplish has been great, and I think it really clicked last season. At the end of last season, I just remember the last maybe three, four, five games, he was just playing really good basketball. He wasn't trying to do a whole lot. He was just trying to be where he needed to be position-wise, defensively, sit in a corner, hit a couple of corner threes like you talked about, that being a big part of his game, really focusing on that as well and just not trying to do too much. And I think the fact that he's gotten more minutes this season and he's gotten almost double the touches has been a little bit eye-opening for Jalen. Of course, you go from being the man in high school and being the man to college, depending on where you go, and then you go to the NBA, and then you kind of have to reinvent yourself a little bit. You have to learn what you need to do to be out there on the floor to get those minutes, to earn those touches, and then you're able to kind of reinvent yourself and go from there. I think that's what we're starting to see from Jalen McDaniels. We're starting to see him try the mid-range game a little bit. We're starting to see him drive a lot more. He's starting to get a lot more confidence in that, trying to go to the rim and just trying to be a better overall player and just trying to work on those little facets of the game, it's going to make him a better overall scorer and not just a three and D kind of guy. So I think the fact that we've seen that maturation from Jalen McDaniels from his rookie season, even from last season now to this season, there's a reason he's been getting these starter minutes. He's earned them and he's looked pretty good out there as well. I mean, the numbers don't lie. They're career high numbers, Sam.
4: Yeah. And I think to touch on a point we we said a short while ago, I mean, this is a great kind of uh sort of model for someone like Bryce McGowan to follow and I know they play different positions and different circumstances but it's challenging sometimes for rookies when they come into the league if you're at a program and you were you know sort of every single guy in the NBA for the most part was the guy at their college program and then when you get into the league everybody is the guy so you know what when maybe you were taking 20 20 shots or 15 shots in college you might only get Four or five shots now. So how are you going to find a way to contribute? Are you going to rebound? Are you going to play defense? Are you going to facilitate? Are you going to steal? Things like that. You got to kind of find a way to get your foot in the door and get those minutes. And the more minutes you can get, you can start taking on more and more responsibility and the game. Sort of kind of grows with you. If you try and do everything all at once, I think you're going to sometimes players will get overwhelmed and then it just you don't really able to do anything. You know. So it's kind of key to find a couple of those skill sets, get your foot in the door. Start getting that ball rolling. It gets the confidence going, and then you can kind of just add stuff along the way, and uh, that's something Jalen did early in his career. I think it's something Bryce is doing right now. You know, he's not shooting nearly the volume he had at Nebraska, not even close, but he's paying attention, you know, just kind of doing the little things right, you know, playing with great energy, assignments, things like that, and you can start to kind of see the ball rolling for him, taking more shots, being a little bit more aggressive, doing a little bit more and more. So Jalen's a really good model, I think, for you know, a lot of these younger players, not just on the Hornets, but in the league in general, end of the second round, there's not a ton of NBA rotational players coming in that 50, late 40s, 50 range. I mean, it's just, it's hard. The opportunities just aren't there always. So uh, again, kudos to Jalen. And I think it's, you know, just one of a handful of, of really, you know, good, developmental six stories in that second round and undrafted range that the Hornets have had the last couple of years.
3: The latest feature story on Hornets.com titled Let's Fly, Jalen McDaniels playing with versatility, balance on both ends. Talking about it all with the lead writer of Hornets.com, Sam Perley, the author of that article, of course, joining us on today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast once again for what seems like the 30th consecutive day in a row, but I promise Sam that we will get him a day off soon. So Sam, thank you so much for joining me on today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast. Looking forward to the next feature article on Hornets.com, whatever that may be whenever that may be
4: yes of course and i'm open to anything you've got any suggestions send them my way but i got a couple things uh on the burner at the moment but yeah i appreciate the plug and as always thank you for having me
3: i don't want anything to get overcooked so i'll give you a couple of days to let things simmer out as well for sam Perley, i'm rob Longo saying thank you so much for joining us on today's edition of the hornets hivecast we'll talk to you tomorrow and preview the matchup with the chicago bulls on that edition of the hhc
2: thank you for listening to the hornets hivecast
0: brought to you by Centa the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. For more coverage, visit hornets.com.